Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed US customs broker and certified customs specialist with more than 18 years experience in the import, export, customs transportation and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast. Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. And today we're going to bring you the ninth part in our series, Customs 101. Uh, and today we're going to talk about other government agencies. Now, this is a, it, it, it's, there's an enormous amount of ground to cover when we come to other government agencies. And uh, you you can also hear them referred as PGAs, partner government agencies. So old terminology, because I'm an old guy and I've been in the industry too long, is OGA. But the new uh, term that the government has come up with is PGA. So OGA was other government agencies. PGA is partner government agencies. It's the nicer, kinder, gentler U.S. customs. So uh, what we want to talk about is how this affects you as an importer and the additional work that you have to do to import those products coming into the country. Now, this morning, I just got done talking to a potential client that's importing uh, MDF board uh, from another manufacturer, and she was like, I've never had to do this Lacey Act before. Well, uh, unfortunately, the Lacey Act has been around for a very long time, uh, since the early 1900s, exactly. Um, and uh, they just expanded it in the mid-90s to cover a lot of other products. And there is a wonderful court case out there where Gibson Guitar got fined millions of dollars because they were importing rosewood. Now, what you need to know about the Lacey Act, um, and that comes from APHIS, or Animal Plant Health Inspection Services. So that's kind of under their purview. We're going to talk about a number of government agencies, but we'll just start off with Lacey Act because I just talked about it this morning. What you have in the industry is a lot of customs brokers that are owned by package companies that don't understand the regulations and they're treating everything like a transaction. Problem is, they're not on the hook for the violations. You are as the importer. So hopefully going through this importer 101, you kind of realize that, hey, look, there's all this stuff out there. I need to know more. So if you have questions, give us a call. Send them into the podcast. We can get some answers to those questions if you send them in. That would be fantastic. Um, so Lacey Act, we're going to go back to that. Let me recap a little bit on that. So Animal Plant Health Inspection Services, or APHIS, as we like to call it, A-P-H-I-S. Um, Lacey Act, among other things, is under their purview. But the most common that we run into is Lacey Act. And that is, you have to fill out a declaration, otherwise known as a PPQ Form 505. We love our numbers and our abbreviations in this industry, just like others. And that enforcement, you have to know the genus and the species of the product that you're bringing in. So if you're bringing in maple, you have to know the genus and species, and those are the Latin terms for maple, oak, whatever it is you're bringing in. MDF, there's a special declaration because MDF is really just chipboard. It's like paper that's really thick paper. 
whatever. Um, but you do have to fill out that form. You have to know the country of harvest um, and the volume of the wood being imported. So that is very important to understand on all that. And that's tariff-driven, so that's attached to a tariff number. So how this works is some other government agencies are going to get involved based on the tariff number of the product. Others are just going to be what the product is. Uh, so now we step into FDA and we get some information about that. Food safety and inspection services. Um, FDA handles a, a ton of food products, but there's also someone else. There's agriculture, there's food safety inspection, which is meat products, poultry products, eggs. You have to understand all these regulations. Now, kind of backtracking a little bit, every product that's imported into the United States has to meet the U.S. regulations. And that's just not U.S. regulations for customs purposes. That's U.S. regulations for all of these other government agencies or partner government agencies. So, Food Safety and Inspection Services, FSIS, uh, so now you're talking about meat, poultry, eggs. Um, are they you know, labeled properly? There's packaging requirements. Uh, FDA, uh, so Department of Human and Health Services, so Food and Drug Administration. FDA has like a reach that is unbelievable. Um, they have so many products under their purview that... You just can't mention them all. You just have to know that, hey, look, if it's a drug, it's under FDA. If it's a if it's a food, it's under FDA. If it comes in contact with the human body, it's under FDA. So what we have to understand is FDA handles a lot of products, and there's different regulations for different products. One of the great explanations of FDA I have is a couple years back, we had a client call us up and say, hey, I want to inter import this cryogenic chamber. Now, if you're not familiar with these cryogenic chambers, athletes are really, like, they're really excited about them. Um, and this was a couple of years ago that these were introduced to the market. So you step inside this little room, like a little closet, and it's sub-zero temperatures. So they call them cryogenic chambers. And they're supposed to help with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, soft tissue regrowth, all this stuff. They make all these medical claims. So if you're making a medical claim, guess what? It's, it's required under FDA. So now you have FDA requirements to meet. So this client or potential client called us up. We discussed this with them. We did some research, looked at FDA's website. Now, FDA basically came out and said, hey, this is snake oil. It doesn't work. Uh, it's all a bunch of, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. You know, it, it just doesn't do what it says it does. And that's really what FDA is there to help us do is to protect the U.S. citizens from products that don't really work or make claims that don't work. So because this is a medical device, you have to go through clinical tests, and it has to meet these clinical tests and actually prove through these trials that it does what it says it does. And uh, so this guy was there with his attorney and said we didn't know what we were talking about. So he uh, decided to get another customs broker to import that. I said there's plenty of other customs brokers. I can't process the entry without this additional information for FDA. Uh, so he went to another customs broker. That customs broker processed the entry. It was accepted by U.S. Customs, but it was rejected by FDA because he needed a medical listing and a device number, which he didn't have because he didn't go through the clinical trials. So then that was shipment was refused by FDA, exported from the country, 
And then he wanted to re-import it. He said, I needed my help. So he called me back. Uh, very interesting conversation there. But uh, he did call back and say, I want to import this. I said, well, you got to go through the clinical trials. It could take a year, could take two years, could take three years. I said, I don't have any control over that process. He's like, well, I need it imported now. So he decided to break apart the shipment into parts, bring it in as parts instead of actual machine, which is totally against the law. It's complete fraud. He end, he did import it, but he could never get the machine put back together to use properly. So it never worked after he brought it into the country. Lost his investment, lost the money he did, never opened up his uh, never opened up his business. So very interesting, but these regulations apply to protect the U.S. citizens and to protect other manufacturers in the commerce of the United States so we don't just get a bunch of people selling stuff that really doesn't work. So you have to be careful. Importing product, it has to meet all the U.S. regulations, whatever the government agency is. So we talked about FDA and uh, medical devices. So FDA also has regulation over all food uh, products. And the way FDA, the FDA defines food and products, it's anything ingested by the human body or a pet and animal. So anything for that's going to a farm and going to feed pigs, it has to meet FDA standards if you're importing it. You have to bring in anything that, you know, anything that you're going to feed your dog has to pass FDA. There's prior notice that's required. So the FDA has to know that the shipment's coming at least two hours before it reaches the border. And then you also have this new regulation that uh, causes a lot of problems for companies, which is the... FSVP, which is Foreign Supplier Verification Program. So that also has to be met with food. Now that program is very interesting because it specifically, FDA specifically defines who's responsible for that. And they say the U.S. importer, which is different than the definition from U.S. Customs. So you have to be very careful. So the U.S. entity that causes the importation of the product is responsible for the FSVP requirements. Now, us as customs brokers, we have to put that into the entry and put their name, their phone number, their email address, contact, and they are responsible for a whole list of regulations. So if something happens with that product and FDA goes back to them and says, look, there's botulism in these cans of corn, they're responsible for that and they're going to be held liable. They may get penalized. They may lose their import privileges. But you have to understand that it's very important to understand this regulation and who's responsible for it. It is the U.S. entity that is responsible for it that causes the import. That is defined as the U.S. importer for FDA. The U.S. importer for customs is a totally separate definition. So now let's. Uh, so very, very confusing uh, FDA. If you need more information on that, we could do probably a whole segment on just FSVP. Very complicated. We've done a number of seminars on that previously, but uh, if you need information on that, feel free to give us a call. The next one we want to talk about is the Consumer Product Safety Commission or CPSC. This is new. So. What you may not know is that U.S. Customs has uh, implemented a new program, which is kind of funny to say new because this has been trying to be implemented since like 1995. Seems like 1925. But um, it's a long implementation. But now with ACE, with their partner government agencies, they're starting to require additional data points, new data points that 
we've never had to process before with entries. So everything that comes in, so toys, art, backpacks, school supplies, clothing, sleepwear, uh, the list just goes on and on. You really have to be careful because this is not tariff-driven like the Lacey Act. So if we put in our tariff number, it says it doesn't necessarily let us know that CPSC or yes, CPSC is required on that. So we have to do a little homework. You have to do a little homework, but you also have to make sure that it meets the CPSC requirements. Um, One of our clients wanted to import uh, electric bicycles, uh, electric motored bicycles, and got really hung up because they didn't meet CPSC requirements. Uh, And he actually had to destroy the bicycles uh, because they didn't meet CPSC requirements. So it's important to understand these other government agencies, and there's so many of them out there with so many different products. So now we get into EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and the big one out there with EPA is Tosca's, but they also cover things like vehicles and engines and fuels and old zone depleting substances and hazardous waste. So there's a lot that's under the EPA. Anything that's with EPA, you're going to have to make sure that you, one, is most likely going to have to fill out a Tosca certificate, but there's other requirements for vehicles and engines and forms that have to be filled out for those products. Um, FCC, the Federal Communications, uh, so radio frequency devices, it just keeps going. Um, And new requirements are being put out there all the time on this. So if you have a product and you don't know if it's covered by a government agency, your customs broker may not be telling you this. They just might be filing the entry because at the end of the day, you're responsible. The other uh, couple others that we'll talk about really quickly is the Fish and Wildlife and then also National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Now, I'm just touching a number of government agencies. There's other ones out there. You have to do your due diligence and you have to ask, how do I, not why can't I? And when you're in a compliance level, it's not the question, why can't I? It's the question, how do I? And if you approach compliance from that perspective, you're always going to be on the best side. Because the last thing we want to see anybody do, any importer, whether a client or not, is to have a fine or a penalty or get their shipment hung up at the border. Know before you go uh, and ask, how do I, how can I, not why can't I? So National Highway, uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, so that's going to be any kind of imports that that goes with wildlife, uh, some some shellfish, anything like that. Now, one of the things you have to realize about this is there's a, we talked about the CITES list, and that goes back to, to, um, also ties back into the Lacey Act with the endangered species of wood, but now we get into the endangered species of animals on the CITES list. So... You know, you can't import uh, sea turtles uh, that are turned into guitars. You can't uh, import certain uh, species of birds because they're endangered. And you have to be very careful about that. Now, fish and wildlife also, there's some fish and wildlife products that can only be imported at certain ports in the United States. So if you're going to import something, you got to make sure if it's under this fish and wildlife that you know that you're bringing if you bring it into new york city guess what you may not be able to import it there you may have to have it bonded to another port so that you could actually have a fish and wildlife officer inspect that product 
So just re- this is real high level because we don't have a ton of time. Um, but we could, you know, if, if you want to send in your comments, if you want to send in questions, we could do a, a follow-up to this because this is very important. Last I'm going to touch on is the National Highway and Safety Administration, or NHTSA. So this regulates part of vehicles. It regulates passenger cars, trucks, motorcycles, headlights, parts, uh, parts of vehicles, screws for chairs uh, in vehicles. It, it's that, that's really what they're they're around is is anything that has to do with a vehicle, whether it's a motorcycle or a truck. Uh, you may run into that, and there's some additional information that we're going to need to process that information. Now, listen, I know this is really kind of dry stuff, but this is very important to your compliance and anything you're importing into the United States. You really need to check if it's covered by another government agency, whether you think so or not. And uh, you know, just caution to those who are who are in our you know in countries that are very close to the United States if you're importing and you're a non-resident importer you don't know what you don't know so shipping something in the United States could cost you a lot of money compliance is what we're looking for education is what we're looking for with this podcast so if you have questions feel free to send them to us again my name is damon and i'm with welke custom brokers usa the email address to reach me is damon d-a-m-o-n at welke w-e-l-k-e usa.com and we have one more in the series so we're going to we're going to wrap it up with number 10 uh, uh in a in a few weeks here and hopefully we'll be able to wrap up any loose ends out there with customs Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.